This week on the Defense Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, a rethink for routing at the Defense Information Systems Agency, and DOD hits the gas pedal on zero trust. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Welcome to the Defense Scoop podcast. Every week you'll learn what's going on in defense technology. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Here's what's happening now. A billion dollar cloud computing contract vehicles coming from the Army, according to its chief information officer. Raj Iyer says the Enterprise Application Migration and Modernization contract will support his service's hybrid cloud approach. Iyer says the Army's Enterprise Cloud Management Agency will manage the project. A new edition of the Joint Staff's Information Doctrines out. A DOD spokesperson tells Defense Scoop the document addresses the department's role, quote, in maintaining unity of effort in and through the information environment. The spokesperson says the department won't release the document publicly. You can read more about these stories and lots more at defensescoop.com. The Defense Department says it's still on track to award the Joint Warfighting Cloud Capability contract on schedule in December. Sharon Woods is director of the Cloud Computing Program Office at DISA. She tells Scoop News Group's Wyatt Cash cloud computing's forced DISA to rethink how it routes. Before cloud, you know, was kind of seen as this scary thing and held off to the side. Now we find that cloud has become more and more an extension of our own networks. And, and some of this gets into zero trust and the focus becomes on the data and the applications and then incorporating some of those different networks together so you're achieving speed over the transport. That makes sense. And then uh, talk to us a little about your top priorities right now and over the next year to sort of improve uh, both performance and scalability uh, over your networks. And another related question is how does cost versus value play into those priorities? Yeah, so our mission actually incorporates the word best value directly. So the hosting and compute center's uh, mission is to deliver best value capabilities to the the warfighter, you know, full stop. Uh, And so part of that is making sure that folks are paying as you go, which is difficult to do historically within the procurement rules. But I think more and more we're kind of cracking that nut of how do you let people only pay what they've actually spent. The other part of this, and and when you think through hybrid, is the optionality part of it. So we need to make sure that we're providing not just cloud or not just data center, but thinking about it as a spectrum of data center, private cloud that's still within your data centers, and then commercial cloud. Yeah, so it certainly sounds like a lot to get people to adjust to in that new environment. Yes, it's it's different. Historically, it really was this rush from the data center to the cloud, and then folks really discovered that it wasn't that simple. Mm-hmm. And then next, what, what additional steps are you taking to build in greater security uh, protections into your networks? Yeah, so like I was saying before, with the networking, the focus becomes more and more the data and the applications. So we've done a couple of things to achieve more security around those things. One of the things that we've been doing, and a lot of agencies are doing this, is a focus on DevSecOps, so that security isn't done at the very end of the process, but that security is actually incorporated uh, in every moment of the development pipeline. Uh, The other thing that we've done is our 
DOD uh, cloud infrastructure as code effort. Uh, that is creating pre-configured and pre-accredited to go to the security uh, part of it, cloud environments that have just the, the basic environment with security overlay as well as some of uh, the elevated privilege authentication and identities that you need. We find that folks take weeks if not months to do that and it's one of those it should be one of those rinse and repeat activities that everyone needs to set up that basic cloud environment. So, you know, let's go ahead and pre-accredit it and pre-configure it for people. That achieves a level of consistency and security that we don't have when it's done manually. That sounds like a great model to pursue. And then lastly, Sharon, what is this doing to um, try to speed up your network modernization procurement process? You mentioned earlier acquisition is a key part of all of this. So, uh, and what key points are you running into still in working with industry partners to also accelerate acquisition? Yeah, so the biggest thing in my mind is partnering and actually listening to industry. We're very much focused on that right now with the joint warfighting cloud capability and, and putting those different cloud contracts in place, but we're not you know, dictating a set of bespoke requirements. It's really about taking the commercial technologies and ingesting that and actually meshing that with our own network so we're getting to that global fabric place as opposed to the different siloed environments. Sharon Woods of DISA with Scoop News Group's Wyatt Cash. You can find a link to the video of that conversation in today's show notes at defensescooppodcast.com. The Defense Department's new Zero Trust strategy will list 90 capabilities. Dave McEwen is the Deputy Chief Information Officer for Cybersecurity at the Defense Department. He tells Scoop News Group's Wyatt Cash the department has an aggressive timeline to implement that Zero Trust strategy. We want to be in alignment with the federal mandates called out in uh, EO 14028 uh, and the corresponding NSM 8, uh, which is also going to cover Zero Trust for national security systems. Um, we want to implement Zero Trust uh, throughout the whole DOD by the end of uh, FY27. Um, we will stay in alignment in the near term with the three-year goal for the very uh, the, the capabilities that are being called out there. Uh, but our Zero Trust plan that we have right now uh, is very well defined. We're, we're hoping to share that with the rest of the federal government. And we're hoping that our partnerships with industry in, in the realm of cloud where they adopt uh, the capabilities that we've built uh, and build cloud environments could just be consumed by the rest of the federal government. So um, we're working very hard to be a leader here uh, for the rest of the federal government. And uh, I think our, our plan is aggressive for the size and scope of the organization that we have. And, and uh, I, I do want to uh, emphasize that we, you know, we believe this is super important. Uh, it's a great capability and I think everybody will benefit from it. Well, it's certainly a lot to tackle. I'm curious, how are you planning to implement zero trust principles across multiple networks and domains and sort of functional silos uh, in addition to the sort of individual capabilities that need to be delivered? Yeah, I think we still have some room to discuss like weapon system platforms and critical infrastructure. Uh, sometimes every all the capabilities that we've defined won't be a perfect fit there and we may have to tailor and adapt. Uh, but for all of the traditional admin type networks, command and control networks, uh, we have a good, strong strategy 
And our implementation plan offers three paths to success. One is you can uplift your environment and we have all of the capabilities that you need defined. There's 90 of them to get to target. Uh, there's 152 total to get to advanced zero trust. Um, so you could uplift your own environment, that's the first COA. Uh, second one is we're working with cloud service providers uh, at all classification levels to build an environment which meets all of those 90 and 152 controls automatically. So uh, when you start moving in there, automatically you're covered in zero trust and, and, and it's working. The other alternative is uh, we will build uh, on-premises a zero trust cloud using the same on-prem private cloud constructs. Uh, we've been working on uh, this up at Dreamport, which is a facility just outside of Fort Meade. Uh, we have a very robust capability there that we're getting ready to do red teaming on uh, and make sure that it functions well. But that, that is a template that we could apply throughout the DOD as well. Terrific. And then next, um, federal agencies in general um, have a lot of compliance requirements, as does DOD. I'm curious, what concerns do you have about these sort of outstanding, um, you know, compliance requirements, as it were, uh, as you try to begin adopting to, um, you know, zero trust architecture and try to make it comprehensive versus just being a check the box piecemeal approach to security? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think compliance is important um, and it's kind of foundational. Uh, we have a scorecard within the department that for cybersecurity at the bottom level is sort of uh, basic cyber hygiene and hardening and, and compliance with stigging and patching and things of that nature. That's not going to go away. It's still important. Uh, I don't know that we need to emphasize it uh, more than we already do. Maybe we could de-emphasize it a little bit. Uh, but the, the rest of the stuff, uh, we do want to pivot away from compliance and go into sort of a, a live uh, network analysis of events that are going on, uh, get closer to boom. So we've had instances where uh, even though we are compliant, somebody clicks on a phishing email, uh, the bad guys reside on the network for 18 months before we discover them. And then we got to figure out what happened, what did they take, and all that kind of stuff. So we do want to pivot away from just straight compliance to this zero trust model where uh, we are able through logging and analytics and orchestration and automation to quickly discover, quickly respond, and eradicate the, the bad guys from the network more quickly. I think, I think that's a more active approach to defense. Compliance is just, you know, like you said, checklist oriented. And it, and it is a basic foundational piece, but it, it doesn't fix everything. And finally, speaking of foundational pieces, um, how is your department and your team um, planning to sort of unify automation and orchestration across the various pillars of zero trust uh, around identity and devices, et cetera? Yeah, uh, well, the concept of zero trust is we're logging everything, uh, every event from the device, the user, uh, network events, uh, workloads, uh, things that are going on inside the compute uh, level. Uh, all that's getting logged. Uh, we, do, we are going to have to do some analytics over that logging. Uh, then the next step would be, rather than have humans in the loop, uh, to act on that event or series of events, uh, we can train uh, AI bots, uh, we can train algorithms that respond automatically, or do a lot of the work before the human has to go back and do all that work. Just hand that work to the human, who then becomes the human in the loop, but is much more capable of delivering the result in a quicker amount of time. 
Dave McEwen, the Deputy Chief Information Officer for Cybersecurity at the Defense Department. You can find a link to the video of that conversation in today's show notes at defensescooppodcast.com. The Defense Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Defense Scoop Podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Defense Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help me put the show together every week, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Defense Scoop Podcast returns next Wednesday. I'm Francis Rose. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening.